Amen. Good morning, gentlemen. Morning. Man, I'll tell you, there, there is something special about getting away. And I, I was just reminded this morning walking over here how Jesus would just have these moments, right? He would have these moments where he's like, hey, guys, I'm just going to go boogie out in the wilderness for a bit. And there's something about being out in an environment like this where all of a sudden we just kind of go, oh, and we can kind of just push everything aside and we can kind of get recalibrated, refocused a little bit. And I think Jesus knew that he needed that time. And I think as guys, we know we need that time as well, just to unwind, to, to have fun, to, to enjoy each other. And it's been a pleasure uh, to be with you. I, I love dirt. I remember like 11, 12 years ago, Chuck and I were sitting there and he says, Darren, I've got this dream about getting a bunch of guys away out in the desert and just having some fun and, and, and bikes and, and buggies and just going after it. And I was like, dude, that sounds cool. And to see where dirt has come right through all these years. And I, and I, well, I want to ask, I asked the other night, but have any of you been to every dirt? Oh my goodness. Like that is like so amazing. And some of you are Hume staff, like, uh-huh, yeah, I've been to every dirt. Like, I've been in the sandstorm setting up and, and all that crazy stuff. So, Duncan, how are you this morning? Just fantastic. Awesome. How are all you guys this morning? <clears throat> Good. So, I, just as a, as a little recap, so, so Friday night we were here and we, we talked about this idea from the prodigal son, right? This story uh, of a dad and a son. And I asked you this question. I said, is your home a home worth running home to, right? And, and we kind of had to chew on that just a little bit. And for some of you, you check the yes box. And for some of you, you might have checked the mm, I'm not sure box. And then the next morning, we talked about this idea of who's raising our kids? And what does that look like for us, you know, in this crazy, crazy world that we live in today with so many different voices and so many different messages? And is your home, is your home a God-first, family-first home. You know, are you, are you really leaning into that kind of leadership and going after it? And then last night, of course, the story, as the prodigal had a decision to make, am I going to take the risk and actually go home, back to my father? And when he got there, he found that it was a home of grace and love and forgiveness. And of course, Jesus was telling this story, not as a story, but to give an example of what our Heavenly Father is like. And we being the sons, to take the risk and to return home to Him. Amen? That's all we got. We're done. No, I'm just kidding. So, so this morning, we just wanted to lean into one last piece because I think it's a piece that is... Is maybe Jesus followers or is people exploring what it means to be a Jesus follower. We get this part wrong so often. We kind of like leave it off. We go, all right, to follow Jesus, you know, I've got to eat rocks and I've got to look grumpy all the time and I can't smile and, and it's just kind of like hard and all this kind of stuff. And there, there's like you know, joy, there's no happiness and all that kind of stuff. And in fact, I just spoke on this with our staff the other day because some of our staff at school started to get grumpy. And I said, our kids don't need grumpy. They get grumpy at home. Let's change the dialogue. Let's change the discourse. So, so I said, look, we need to be people of joy. And they kind of looked at me like, dude, we're just tired. And I said, get over it. Stop it. Take a nap. Do study hall and just say, kids, don't bug me for an hour. And then I said, 
And I think happiness just gets such a bad rap because we go into this whole thing about, you know, joy is on the inside and, and joy is deep and it, and it comes from God and it's, it's in spite of and all that. And we kind of shove happiness like, like it's his ugly stepsister over to the side a little bit. And I'm thinking, no. We have so misconstrued, like, like joy's on the inside. Happiness is just joy showing itself on the outside. Like it's okay to be happy. Like Jesus talked about happy and what that looks like. In fact, the, the Beatitudes where it says, blessed are, blessed are, blessed are, blessed are, can be translated with confidence. Happy are, happy are, happy are. And sometimes I think that we become kind of our own worst enemies when it comes to this enemy or this idea of, you know, what does it mean to be a follower of Jesus? Like, oh, you know, I just go, it's all serious. And, and it is, I get it. We're talking about eternal destinies. We're talking about where we're going to spend our next. But I think the surprise in the story that I love and the reason I wanted to bring it up and Duncan and I are going to talk about it for just a few moments because we're going to go to church this morning, all right? And the idea is this, when the son took the risk and he returned home and he swallowed his pride and he walked up to his dad, the same dad that he said, I wish you were dead, dad. And he said, I have sinned against you and I have sinned against heaven. And would you please, please, please just take me back in as a servant, as a slave. And he held his breath and he waited for his father to respond and I'm sure he was ready just to get a tongue lashing. I, I bet he was just like, okay, dad, I know I deserve it. Let me have it. And that's not what the father did. Because the father filled with grace and love and forgiveness said, I've got a better idea. So he called for his servants and he says, quick, kill the fatted calf. Get the ring, put it on his finger, get the sandal, get the rub. My son who was lost is now found. We're going to have a party. We're going to have a celebration. We're going to get so fired up about this. And I'm sure the son was so caught off guard. In fact, not only was he caught off guard, but there was another son who was caught off guard. Do you remember who he was? He was the older son. He was the grumpy son. He was the son that thought it was all about checking boxes and being serious and, and just kind of going through the motions. And the father had to call the older son aside and said, dude, you've always been with me. What's mine has always been yours. But can't you celebrate with me? Because God is a God of celebration. Heaven goes into an uproar every time somebody says yes to Jesus. Heaven goes into an uproar every time we see the kingdom of God advance. Every time we see more ground being taken in the name of Jesus, heaven celebrates. And I think for us and for me, sometimes I get into that grumpy lane far too easily. And to look at the heart of the Father who loves to celebrate and when he says, and when Jesus told the story, let the party begin, it reveals a part of the heart of God that so often we leave off and out of the conversation. So this morning, Duncan and I, just real quickly, we just want to pick off a couple areas that we believe are worth celebrating. Areas that if you take a look, it's like, no, that, that's a good thing. 
And sometimes we kind of have to park, if you will, our celebration constipation. Because as guys, you know, for us to celebrate, it's kind of like, cool. And, and I think heaven's up there going, are you kidding me? Let's go. Let's get after this. Let's have some fun. And some of you know how to have fun. That is the definition of my brother. He is Captain Fun. I called him yesterday. I said, dude, what are you doing? He says, oh, I'm out golfing on Torrey Pines right after the golf tournament. He says, dude, it's awesome out here. You should be here. I said, well, I'm in the desert with a bunch of dudes. I can't. Sorry. Stop it. Stop talking to me right now. So some areas that we can celebrate. And I want you to be thinking about this because we're going to ask you the question in just a moment. What is worth celebrating? And the other day, I think Duncan shared just so awesome this idea of as a family, we celebrate family and we celebrate family time. That is such a high priority for us. Every Sunday night, we just call it friends and family dinner. Every Sunday night, we just have people over and our family's there. And we ask those three questions that Duncan talked about the other night. And for us, it was such a huge breakthrough because family devos, to be honest with you guys, were a drudgery. Until God one day tapped us on the shoulder and said, there's a better way. Ask these three questions. And I shared these with you guys a couple of years ago. And question number one is just, what are you doing to spend time with God right now? And all of a sudden, people just started sharing. Duck would share, well, right now I'm doing a Devo. Or Jesse would share, right now I'm kind of reading through this part of the Bible. Or Annette would share, it's like, what are we doing to spend time with God? What is my time, my place, my plan? What does that look like? That was question number one. Question number two is super simple as well. Where's God showing up in your life right now? Because that was a reflective question. It's like God is always at work. So are we taking time to pause and say, oh, here's where God is showing up in my life right now. And question number three is how can we pray for each other? What are some areas right now? Maybe some big rocks and some things you're wrestling with or struggling with. How can we as a family and as friends lift each other up before God? When my brother had called yesterday, the, the reason he had called was not to tell me he was on Torrey Pines golfing and it was a beautiful day. He said, did you talk to mom lately? I said, no, what's up? He goes, I had to take her in for emergency surgery Friday night and she didn't want to call you because she knew you and Duncan were going to be out at dirt and she didn't want to mess up your time out at dirt. So I said, dude, bye. Hung out, called mom. I said, mom, what is going on? She goes, yeah, a little appendix deal. They had to get like, you know, suck it out. And, I, and I'm all good. Don't worry about it. How's your time at dirt, right? And I was like, mom, like, stop that. This is kind of how our family is, you know. We're trying to look out for one another. I said, mom, how can I pray for you? I'm not going to worry you, but how can I pray for you if I don't know how to pray for you? There were some parents around the time of Jesus when Jesus was starting his ministry. And, and I love this story. It's found in Mark how, how these parents would, would take their kiddos to Jesus and say, there's Jesus, there's Jesus. Go, go over and say hi to Jesus, you know, and all these kids would run over. It's kind of like when, when Jason and Jason are throwing out good, like all these kids are just around Jesus. I don't know if he was throwing out gummy bears or what was going on, but like they were hanging out with Jesus and the parents were kind of pushing him. It's like, Jesus, would you just bless my kids? Would you just bless them, Jesus? And, and, and if you remember in that part of the story, how the disciples, right, these followers of Jesus that really didn't understand Jesus at all, they were kind of looking at Jesus like, dude, like, like get these kids out of here. Like, they're kind of wrecking the whole vibe. And Jesus said, uh-uh. This is exactly what it looks like. You let these kids come all day because it's about kids. It's about families. And I want to bless them. 
So this idea of family first, it's worth celebrating. And it's worth figuring out and putting in the effort and say, what does this actually look like for us? Duncan, what would the next one be? So the next one is faith, uh, celebrating faith. And so I'm going to read real quick for us from uh, Deuteronomy 11:19 through 21. It says, teach them to your t- children. Talk about them when you're at home and when you're on the road, when you are going to bed and when you're getting up. Write them on your doorposts of your house and on your gates so that as long as the sky remains above the earth, you and your children may flourish in the land the Lord, the Lord swore to give to your ancestors. And I think we were kind of mentioning it a little bit yesterday morning, but, you know, celebrating faith is kind of that daily, in the day-to-day, and, and it's just in the conversations that you're having at home, and, and uh, you know, the little times where, where, we, where we would have the house to ourselves and we're just chatting, and, and I think that, uh, as, as kind of mentioned yesterday, it's not always going to be these big moments, and it can be, and it should be. You should definitely celebrate. We all celebrate big moments in faith, but it, it plays out, I feel like, more so in just the day-to-day and in, and in the, uh, and I, I guess you could call it the, kind of the mundane, and, and those, are, those are your moments when you're trudging through, you know, a rough week at work or, or whatever. Maybe you're disagreeing with your wife or, or whatever. But those are kind of the moments, I think, that, that you have the opportunity to maybe reflect and look back and, and celebrate, uh, celebrate on that faith just in those day-to-day moments. So, Yeah, to see God's fingerprints and his faithfulness is awesome. The next one I want to bring up might sound a little bit weird, but it's worth celebrating, and it would be in the area of finances. And and what we're realizing more and more as we work with students on a daily basis and in church world, we realize that there's a component that comes to finances and stewardship and what that looks like. And and the reason that has become important for us as a family, and and I remember Jesse and Duncan, when they were kids, we were were taking them to Dave Ramsey, Financial Peace Universe, like, you got to get these principles down. And and what does it mean to be a 10-10-80 follower of Jesus? A person who is saving 10% and giving 10% and living on 80% to make sure that we have our financial house in order, making sure that our, our wants don't overtake our needs. And that foundation from a very, very young age for both Jesse and Duncan to see that pay off today and to see the generosity that they now have and the stewardship that they now have, it's awesome. And did you guys know that Jesus talked more about money than anything else? Crazy. And the reason he talked about money is not because he wanted to get our money. He just didn't want our money to get us. And so he said, look, here is some clear guidance. Our financial advisor uses biblical principles. And every year when we sat down with him and just go over our financial plan and and where we're at and and how things are going and the couple of shekels that we have saved for retirement, the first thing he does is he spends 20 minutes going through the scriptures and just unpacking scripture after scripture after scripture about saving, about diversification, about debt, about loans, about all of the financial wisdom that God has for us. And to be able to celebrate that and download that, because as we know, it's not about today. It's about planning for a future. It's about taking care of needs. It's about having a resource available to help those. Blessed to be a blessing. And so we've learned as a family and we fought as a family about what does it mean to have financial responsibility and integrity? And we celebrate that. 
we celebrate that at the end of the year when we get a giving record and, and take a look at where our donations have gone and what we've been able to accomplish in ministry and in our church and all of those things. So finances is also an area of celebration. Duncan, what's next? Uh, so the next one would be future planning. So from Proverbs 3, 1 through 6, uh, we have, My child, never forget the things I have taught you. Store my commands in your heart. If you do this, you will live many years, and your life will be satisfying. Never let loyalty and kindness leave you. Tie them around your neck as a reminder. Write them deep within your heart. Then you will find favor with both God and people, and you will earn a good reputation. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. Now, I was kind of thinking, as we were talking about this earlier, with future planning, uh, there's, there's kind of to reiterate what we've already talked about, there is the future planning perspective of, of from generation to generation. And, and as we said, the way that I was raised, the way that, that, that sons are raised can, can be future planning for us as fathers into the way that they will raise their families as well. Um, and then it also can be more so in just kind of the big things that you're planning for in your life. My, my wife and I are in a, a season of future planning uh, and, and of big moves. And um, this, this verse has just been an awesome reminder for us. Are you taking our grandbaby away from us? Yes. We are. <laughs> uh, but this verse has just been a great reminder for us that, you know. That I don't know you. There are moments where, where we may be, <laughs> where we may be uh, scared or even terrified just looking forward and, and, and to say, I don't know what, what the future holds, but God does. And knowing that uh, we can rely on him and that we can trust in him with those plans, um, you know, for our life, for our daughter's life. And, and uh, so, yeah, that there's a lot to celebrate in that. So the idea of faith, the idea of family, the idea of finances and future. And, and the last one we put down, because it you know, has to start with an F as well, is the idea of fun. Do any of you like to have fun? <laughs> I just see your hands. Good. We're with the right people, right? So for us, our, our life and our family time during our 18 summers has always had this, this huge banner of fun over it. In fact, I remember one day Annette and I were talking a little bit and, and, and the kids were a little bit younger. And it's like, hey, let's do something kind of crazy with the kids. And she just looked at me and she goes, Again, I said, yeah, 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 let's build a memorable moment. So we came up with this little plan, and we, we kind of devised this scheme uh, that we were going to kidnap our own kids, and they weren't going to know it. And, and she was like, are you sure we're not going to get arrested for this? And I said, no, I, I don't think so. I think it's going to work out fine. So we told the kids uh, to pack up because mom and dad were going to take off on a trip and we we're going to drop them off uh, at the babysitter's house, and we kind of guided them in what to pack. So they're packing up and stuff, and it's like, yeah, you probably want a little bit of that, not so much of that, and a little bit more of this and stuff. And so they got all packed up, and they had their little duffel bags, and we loaded it all into the car, and we put our stuff in the car, and, and we just started driving. And it was kind of funny to watch Jesse and Duncan look at each other like, well, we know we got a babysitter over there, and we got family over here. We're just kind of like passing all these off-ramps. And finally, we get up to about Oceanside, and they start to go, where are we going? So, oh, we're, you know, we're going on a trip and we need to drop you guys. Like, where? Like, are you just going to drop us off at the, at the truck stop? Like, what's going on? Like, how is this working? And we just kept driving. And then we got a little bit closer to our destination. I realized if we got off on the regular off-ramp, it would be a dead giveaway of where this whole thing was headed. 
So we got off a couple off ramps before that. And then I was having an Ocred moment because like, dude, I don't even know how to get there from here. And we're like going through these crazy back streets in Orange County, right? And finally, 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 we pull up to the Disneyland Resort. And both Jesse and Duncan were like, what? Our babysitter's gonna be here? Like, this is awesome. And it's like, no, 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 no. We're going to be with you. Like, we're going to do this together. They're like high-fiving each other in the back. And it's like, best kidnap ever, right? And we were building these moments, and we knew how important these moments were. That's why we go down to Baja and stuff like that. Doug, what was like a cool moment for you growing up? Well, let me just quickly say that with that particular story, I still don't know to this day if I've ever had as big of a shock value as when I was maybe seven or eight years old and realized that we're going to Disneyland for the weekend. It was, it was, that was a lot of fun. Um, well, I actually wanted to quickly just say, I, I had heard a, uh, a quote that, that true fun and celebrating true fun is, is in moments where when you're in them, they might not feel very fun and they might be a little bit uh, scary or even terrifying. And so for me, um, when we were young or when I was young, uh, I guess you were younger, too, at the time. I was younger. Yeah, then. a little bit yeah, younger. Thank you, Duncan. Uh, we would play uh, hide-and-go-seek at night at home. And, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, so there was a, uh, there, there was a kind of an uh, interesting component that my dad liked to throw in where we would obviously turn off all the lights. And if anyone's ever heard the Phantom of the Opera soundtrack... Um, there, there are, uh, there's a couple soundtracks in there that to, uh, to adults is like, wow, this is an intense moment to a kid. You're like, this is, this is awful. This is terrifying. This is the scariest music I've ever heard. <laughs> and so again, me four or five years old, uh, would be hiding in somewhere in our house. And my dad would be screaming and laughing downstairs with this music playing in the background. And I would come out bawling crying like okay here i am you found me good job <laughs> it was turn awesome. on the lights turn off the music we're done we're going to bed and like i said back then not fun not fun at all i was terrified i cried every time now i look back and it's like how fun was that moment and how much fun that you were terrorizing us as i was a kid <laughs> and we can we can all laugh about it now and i still have nightmares but i still love you for it <laughs> thank you <laughs> Awesome. I think it was the flashlight on the chin, right? And making that fun face. And oh, you know you've done it, dads. Don't just look like, dude, you are a horrible father. Yeah. And I will do the same. You will do the same. Poor Emma. We are praying for her now <laughs> in her Phantom of the Opera moment. So uh, there, there's something cool in the Old Testament that uh, we kind of want to close with this morning. Um, and you guys have heard the phrase Ebenezer, right? And, and, and Ebenezer is is basically it was a monument, it was a rock, it was, a, it was an opportunity to remember something that God had done. And so all throughout the Old Testament, we see these moments where, where they would gather rocks together and they would make a little pyramid of rocks and say, this is to help us remember God's faithfulness. This is to help us remember that God showed up. This is to help us remember a moment so we won't forget. And one of the things that I want to encourage you, maybe as we have done in the past, is, is there's plenty of rocks out here in the desert. And maybe for, for you and maybe for your family to grab one of the rocks and, and just to take that rock with you and maybe keep it somewhere in your camper and maybe, uh, like I'll do at church sometimes, we'll actually write on that rock with a, with a marker. And maybe you just want to write dirt 22. But that rock is just a reminder of the richness of coming out here to the desert with a bunch of amazing guys 
to spend some time with Jesus, to spend some time with each other, to eat some amazing food, and to go out and have fun. But to remember, and maybe it's not going to mean anything to you a year from now, but I guarantee it will mean something to you 10 years from now. When you go, hey, remember when we were out and had that amazing time at dirt. Remember a little bit about some of the conversations we had about these 18 summers that we get to share together. Remember that time that we, and, and you can just start to tell the stories that God continues to write every day in our lives and to share that together as a family. And so I don't think they would mind if we did some yard maintenance and grabbed a rock and just tucked that away someplace just as a reminder, an Ebenezer of God's faithfulness. And I'd like to close with, I'm not going to sing this song because you would start running. <laughs> but it probably is the one song right now that every time it comes onto the radio, um, I have to catch my breath. And, and the song is the blessing. And, and the song is just scripture. But the song talks about this blessing that was given back in the Old Testament for the families of God's hand upon them. And it is found in Numbers chapter 6. And the Lord told Moses, Tell Aaron the priest, and his sons to bless the people of Israel with this special blessing. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. And may the Lord show his favor and give you his peace. So Father, that is our prayer that is the blessing that we ask for this event, for DIRT 2022. Father, that you would reach down and that you would, you would place your hand upon every family that is here, every family that is represented, every dad, every son, every grandfather, every grandson. That, Father, we would sense your presence and your peace in and through our lives. That, Father, we came out to the desert to have a blast, and we have. But we've also come out to just tap the brakes and to some, spend some time with you as well. And so, Father, I pray that something from this weekend would become the Ebenezer, the rock, the thing that we remember as we carefully consider the 18 summers that we have together as family and with friends. And Father, we just want to say thank you for you and for sending the best to us, your son, Jesus. And we pray all of these things in his name. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. It's been awesome, gentlemen. Thank you.